What's up, Bike Boomer fans? Today, I have with me a crew from Decathlon, which is Europe's largest sporting goods store. And if you've been watching some of our prototype posts lately, you've noticed that they have an in-house brand called Rock Rider of mountain bikes and are actually racing them on the World Cup, the UCI World Cup cross-country circuit. So we wanted to figure out, like, what does it take to bring a very affordable bike to that level of racing and talk about the frames and what's different from the ones that are sold in their stores now to the stuff that their team is racing and what we can look forward to coming up here at the showroom floor. So I'm going to let you all introduce yourselves because it's a small crew. And uh, if you could just share your name and what your role is within Decathlon and Rockrider. Yeah, sure. So I'm, uh, I'm Peter. I'm the business developer for Rock Rider Sports. We're based here in Lille, in sunny Lille, this, uh, this beautiful evening uh, in, uh, in Flanders. So coming through to you uh, from, uh, from Lille. So uh, I work for the Rock Rider brand in Lille, built the company for 25 years, worked throughout Europe, different stores, different jobs. Keen cyclists too, really keen cyclists. Okay, so I will uh, continue. Uh, hello, everyone. I'm Pierre from uh, Belgium. I'm product manager for all the XSC uh, range. I'm in charge of the bikes, uh, shoes, uh, helmets, equipment, uh, tires, and so on. And uh, I'm really happy to, to be with you uh, today. Thank you, Tyler. Hello, everyone. I am uh, Joseph de Porter. I am product engineer for uh, Rockrider uh, mountain bike, cross-country bike. Uh, so I am very happy to, to be there. Awesome. Cool. Well, so let's dive in. I'm curious. The models that we're talking about are the S900, which is the full suspension, and the 900, which is the hardtail. And you have those model names in stock in the stores now, but the ones that the pros, uh, the, the team riders are riding are updated versions with varying degrees of changes that we'll get into. But I'm curious, like the current bikes that people could walk in and buy right now, how long have those been on the market? On the market, it will not be exactly the same. So the frame is exactly the same. The, the layup is the same, but not the, the equipment. For example, uh, at the end of the year, we will propose the 900S uh, on the market, but uh, not exactly with the same uh, components and uh, in another colors. So the green, the green from the team will be uh, only uh, for the team until uh, next year. Okay. Well, I, I want to dive into that because the, the stuff that we posted from February looks a little bit different. The full suspension in particular is a 120-120 travel bike, right? And th the stuff the team is riding is definitely different than the stuff that was available on your website, or at least the pictures that we saw has a different rear end, a little bit different linkage and stuff. So as far as the front triangle goes, is that exactly the same? Or are the team riders using a different layup, like a lighter frame, even out of the same molds? Or? It's exactly the same uh, layer and the okay. same geometry. We about the frame. We only change the the color and the rear triangle and the link is now full carbon compared to the previous version. And the previous version, the link uh, was carbon also, but the rear triangle was aluminum. Can so can I walk into a decathlon store now and buy the full carbon frame as well? In week uh, thirty two, so week you have to wait so. So, some weeks, uh, uh, three three months. Okay, so so late summer, we'll say. And is that, because they're very affordable, will that raise the price a little bit? Will you still offer the one with the alloy rear triangle as well? Or will this replace that? Not really replace. We will keep the two uh, bikes until uh, next year. Because with the short shortage of the components, it's really difficult to manage the, the, the supply. 
now the the biggest challenge is to propose to yes to propose bikes to the customers. So on the the current model with the aluminum rear end and the new one coming with the carbon rear end, the linkage definitely looks different. It looks a little bit longer. Are there different suspension kinematics to it? Yes, exactly. Uh, the suspension kinematics is a little bit different, and uh, to be more to have more grip, to be more um, precise for uh, cross country uh, races. So a little, I'm going to maybe help translate a little bit or, or kind of pose this as a question. You know, so the, with the carbon one, there's no link back toward the rear axle. So you're relying presumably on a little bit of seat stay flex in order to allow it to move without binding up, um, which is common. A lot of bikes do that. But does that, for cross-country racing, especially at the World Cup level, I think most racers want a very efficient rear end. So is it going to be like a little bit tighter of a feel, like a little bit firmer feel on the carbon frame than it would on the aluminum that has that extra link? I, sorry, I am not sure to, to understand very well. Uh, Tyler, Peter, can, can you, can you uh, translate? Yeah, sure. So uh, Tyler was asking if uh, obviously cross-country racers at the uh, uh, the World Cup level really need a really responsive and uh, and tight frames at the back, especially on full suspension bikes. Uh, I guess, Tyler, your question is, is, uh, is this being thought of and is this taken into account in the design of the frame? Is that right, Tyler? Yeah. Is it going to feel a little, well, what's the difference in feel and performance between the aluminum model and the carbon model because of the different rear end? Uh, stiffness and uh, not really uh, comfort, but more uh, grip. So traction, better traction. There is a, a big difference uh, between the, the two frames. And uh, right. we, we saved uh, 450 uh, grams with uh, carbon rear trimmer. Wow, that's a lot. It's a lot, yes. yes. Nice. What is the frame weight for, let's say, a size medium? It's about uh, 1,900 uh, 30 grams for a smaller size without okay. cuts. With screw, with a link, uh, with B-rings, etc. Does that include the rear shock as well? No, it, it, without rear shock. Okay. I mean, to me, like I, I'm looking at this as somebody who typically looks at bikes all day long that are in the 5,000 to ridiculous range, well over 10,000. And for something that comes in, you know, maybe between 2,500 and 3,000, this is a very reasonable weight. I mean, I'd say it's on par with a lot of other full suspension carbon frames out there. And so I always wonder, it's like, well, where do you, where do brands save costs? And I, I will get into the business model of Decathlon a little bit, but how are you producing a bike that's a competitive weight with a legitimate looking suspension and being raced at that level for, you know, with good product spec, good component spec on it? Like, how do you get it to that low price? Like, to me, I, I think everyone's going to ask, like, well, what, where's the compromise? Where's the trade-off? What am I not getting? If I talk about the, I suppose from the, the big difference is with Decathlon, we have a fully integrated business. So we, we manage the whole process from conception, design, testing, through the production process. We manage our own logistics network. Uh, uh, we manage our own stores. And we manage our own website. So the fully integrated model means that there's no commission or, or cut or, or being taken elsewhere in the in the business model we, we keep everything so we can pass all the savings on what we make onto the consumer that goes from a this amazing mountain bike of course all the way through to a, a table tennis ball or, or a shuttlecock the principle remains the same you have to do everything you can to retain high quality in any 
savings in the business you can do by efficient buying at a large scale, mass negotiation with your production partners in Asia and Europe and South America. All, all this comes into the model and we always had a quite low margin model. We want to be as affordable as possible to so many people. And I guess we, we try to be as lean and efficient as possible. Uh, you know, it's, it's a big part of the business model has been for 46 years now since Decathlon started and the ethos hasn't changed. So we apply the same principles across all sports, all, all products. So that's, I guess, one of the ways that we've, uh, we do it. And at the same time, the, from my experience of being, uh, working in store and retail in the past, the, the quality is, is, there's no compromise in, in quality, the testing is as rigorous as, as, as anybody. It's, we might take a bit longer maybe bringing products to market because of it, but it does mean that when the product does end up in store or online for, or in the, uh, bet, uh, between the hands of professional racing teams, the, the, the bikes are great and they're super safe and, uh, they're very well engineered and designed. And, uh, it's, it's, it's all managing that whole process throughout the whole chain is, is critical to making good savings without compromising on quality. I think that's, that's the key difference between us, many other, other brands out there who, uh, who, who, who operate in, in, in this segment, I think. Cool. I want to talk about the hardtail for a minute because there's some things about that that are going to bring me back to the full suspension bike. But so the hardtail that the team is racing compared to the current model on the, the store floors is very different. Um, that one looks like it's an entirely new frame with some pretty interesting features. So I'm really curious, and we'll put a link in the show notes for this for people who haven't seen them yet and want to check out the our coverage of the bikes. But there are some interesting little indents on the top tube and the down tube. And I was hoping you could kind of explain those and tell me what they're for. Yes, it's a really a special frame. The designer did some specific form in the C-tube, for example. It's a curve. Uh, we put a protection on the top tube uh, in case of a crash, for example. We tried a different uh, layup to find uh, the, the best solution between uh, stiffness, uh, comfort, and uh, weight. It's a long project. We started three years ago, and uh, yes, I'm proud to show it and to propose it uh, now to, to the people. And we, we did the first race with this Artel frame uh, last uh, weekend in uh, Germany. And uh, the results were really good because uh, we are third and, and fourth uh, on the way. So uh, it's really uh, it's really good for, for us. And it's a good uh, good start. Awesome. Congratulations. So the, the little, the top tube one is crash protection, like a bash protection in case the handlebar spins around and it doesn't something knock it and chip or crack the frame. So what's the little indent on the down tube, which is very close to the bottom bracket, and it's it almost looks like it's a recess to clip something into it. Ah uh, yes, uh, it's to put an uh, inner tube. So um, we saw on the races that uh, a lot of people don't know where they can put the inner tube on the saddle on the seat post, and uh, we tried we tried to find the best solution to uh, integrate it on the frame and. Uh, the shape you you can see uh, on the uh, between the seat tube, yes. Yeah, so you just use a strap to attach the inner tube and stuff. Yes, that's cool. And then uh, there's also there's a few extra bolt holes, and I might be thinking of the full suspension now under the top tube, right in front of the shock, which looks like it could be like a bolt-on cable mount if you were running extra stuff. And I think on the down tube, there's some extra bolt holes. What are those for? The extra bolt is for a multi-tool. 
people can use uh, double uh, bottles, but also add an OT tool if they practice, for example, a cross-country marathon or long, uh, long distance, or just they want to train with multi-tool and don't have multi-tool in, in the pocket. Okay, so just accessory mounts. It's not, not a lot of weight, and it can be useful uh, to put uh, some equipment or tools, yes. Cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's to me, that's a great little touch that a, a lot of, you know, I hate to say budget bikes because this certainly doesn't look like one, but, you know, like the less expensive bikes typically ignore these little details. So that's pretty cool. There's also some very different internal cable routing ports on the hardtail than what we see on the, the full suspension bike. So I, I think the obvious question is the hardtail frame looks more advanced, probably because it was built from the ground up new for this level of bike. When are we going to see those changes coming into the full suspension? Like, when will the full suspension get a new front triangle that's a little bit more updated? Yes, you are true, Tyler. The Artel is really new, but uh, we are working on a new full suspension frame to replace uh, soon the current uh, fully. Do you have a, a timeline for that? or a... No timeline, but uh, you, you will uh, see it uh, with the pilot. Right. Okay. So maybe on the racing circuit, we might get a sneak peek of that. All right. All right. We'll keep our eye out for it. Speaking of the team, you know, so we're recording this in late April, 2022. There's at least three high level races behind them now with, I think, four in May, which is pretty intense calendar. How are the bikes holding up? Like, what's the feedback you're getting from the team about them? About the bike? Yeah. About the uh, Artel, uh, really stiff, uh, really light, and, uh, uh, reactive, yes, with a lot of uh, efficiency. About the uh, fully uh, secure, also stiff, but we have to wait uh, to work about the weight. Uh, so we try to, for the next uh, generation, to save uh, around uh, two or three uh, hundred uh, grams. That would be, that's a lot. Like if you can pull two or three hundred grams out of that, that's substantial. I think that'll put you in a whole nother. Yes. Very cool. As far as the the bikes that I see on the website right now versus the the team bikes, there's some very different spec, and I think you know particularly the the stuff that jumped out to me was the use of the Manitou suspension and the TRP brake. Is that just because those are the sponsors of the team, or is that stuff you're evaluating for OEM spec on the the retail models as well? I guess for the for for Manitou, we've always always had a very long strong relationship with Manitou for. For many, many years, I mean, like with, with Mavic and Hutchinson, and and I think they wanted to get back into the uh, into the pro scene, and we thought they were the ideal partner partner to work with, really. And I think if we can be a good platform for them to develop their products, and they can help us make great bikes because they've got great front and, and rear shocks, I think that that's great. And one of the reasons we have a good relationship with them, they wanted to work in partnership, and because we have a good relationship, we share good data with each other, allowing us to improve our frames and feedback from the riders directly. Invaluable for any major brand to get feedback direct from professional racers on the UCI tour. It's like gold dust. And I mean, that's why they wanted to work with us because we were super positive. We were very open to share details and feedback with them and the riders. And so we hope to continue working with them for a, for a very long time and uh, to make a better and better front and rear shocks. I think it, it is a win-win for both of us, I think. And then, so TRP, I think, you know, it's no secret that they are slowly but surely working on some drivetrain parts from mountain bike. You know, they've, they've shown shifters and derailers and whatnot. Uh, have you looked at using their stuff or tested that, or are they asking you to run their equipment? Until now, we only work on the brake 
and we are really uh, uh, happy and satisfied of the power. We work also on the weight, uh, on the TRP bricks. And about the drivetrain, we don't have a lot of uh, information, to, to be honest. So it's only a partner for the brake. Uh, for the drivetrain, we work with uh, SWAM uh, on the AXS uh, product, uh, which are really, uh, really good. And uh, we are uh, happy to, to use them. It's light. It's, uh, for us, it's perfect. So the the program here, you know, as far as marketing efforts go, I mean, I have to admit that fielding a World Cup team on like a a big store brand, you know, not like a specialty bike brand in terms of like most people's perception, right? You're looking at, it would be like, I guess the equivalent in the US, which is going to sound horrible, would be like Dick's Sporting Goods launching a, a high-end bike brand, right? I think the immediate mental picture would be like, yeah, right. But you guys have been doing this for a long, long time and obviously putting the, the right amount of effort into it. So for me, I think it's a brilliant marketing plan, you know, to get people out on that top level racing on your bikes and drive people into your stores and stuff. But I wonder, like, is this a way to more of a marketing question, I guess, is it mainly to draw more people into the stores or is this kind of the launch pad to then get into like a trail bike and an enduro bike and then, you know, like gravel and road and really create like a take rock rider to the next level? I think I'll work back through the questions, uh, Tyler. I think I'll, uh, yes is the answer to the, to the last question. You know, we, as any company does, you're really passionate about what you do, about your products. We think they're great. We work really hard every day and we're, we're super motivated. But I think, I mean, Decathlon's been involved in top-level sport for, for decades. And I guess in cycling, on road cycling particularly, we had over a decade of working in the Pro Peloton with AG2R and then with Cofidis, having our bikes ridden in the, in the Grand Tours and winning stages. And so it's not the first time we've been in pro-level cycling at the highest level. And I guess we took a step back for a few years to reevaluate how we wanted to really get back into the market. And we've not only have we worked with Rockrider to set up the UCI team, but we also now are a technical partner with Cofidis, the Pro Tour team. So they're also wearing our clothing in all the big stage races and all the major grand tours and all the tours around around the world. That it's not a marketing exercise. That's not really the, the purpose of it, oddly enough really work very closely with all the riders. We consider them as, as technical partners, in fact. We use feedback from them, like we mentioned previously for the shocks for Manitou, for example. We'll work with them to develop products. We'll get feedback, our engineers. We'll work closely with them, listen to what they have to say, improve our products, give them prototypes to try for the first time, use them at the highest level, learn from the mistakes and make better products for them. But we won't simply give them a shoe and say, here's X thousands of dollars and ride this for the next 12 months and we'll see you in 12 months. That's not at all the approach we've done. Even in other sports, we work with Gail Monfils, a, a top-level tennis player who uses our racket and you can walk into our store now and anywhere in Europe or the world and you can buy that racket for a very affordable price because we work with him and he told us what he wanted, so we made it for him. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not the first time we've done it. I guess there will be a marketing backdrop from it to give us some extra credibility, I suppose, and give that kind of external seal of approval by the idols and the stars that people follow on on various races around the world. And yeah, that's good, of course. But if it doesn't deliver better products, we wouldn't be doing right. it. We, we are a, a retailer, but we're a producer. And we've been making bikes since the mid-80s. And we make a lot of bikes. Right. And I guess that's the, that's the key thing. You know, we have to feed that back into the product. Pierre's a top-level rider. I'm not. <laughs> I don't let you know straight away. That's not at all my background. But 
Um, but by working, you know, listening to top level riders, uh, the ride use our products and it could be shoes, helmets, glasses, clothing, bikes. That's the way to do it. You know, we can, we can work with these guys and some of them get employed into the business afterwards when they finish their professional careers and they, they join our business. So it's a kind of a virtuous circle, really. They then know the guys in the peloton and they then say, Hey, we used to race together. Do you want to come and join our team? Do you want to try our products? And, you know, you can start making some really positive links, but it's all about the product. That is the cornerstone of all, everything we do with, with technical partners. That is. Yes. And it's also a very good opportunity to go faster on the product because we receive a lot, a lot of feedback. We, we have to, to keep some uh, deadline to be professional. So we manage right. the team completely, uh, different with another uh, product, for example sort of forces you to move a little quicker. Yes. Exactly. Awesome. Well, this is a good excuse to uh, push along the projects that you want to push along, right? Well, we're sponsoring the team. We got yeah, to do this. Also to find uh, other solutions. Cool. So for North American customers, Decathlon had a couple of stores pop up over here. And I think that if they're not already closed, they're closing and it's moving to an online retail model. Will these bikes be available globally online or is it going to focus on the european market at first yeah totally you're right in in the states um in, in the usa we've decided to pull back from the from the big box model as you said uh, to move away from physical retail on our own uh, physical retail channel and we indeed have the the digital platform still available and we'll we'll, we'll serve customers that way but we've got a we're really moving into a different way of retail in in the usa we're looking to sell our products now with other retailers to build partnerships and, and links with different companies in, in the States. Um, we've already started that, that process of contacting uh, certain uh, regional or national retailers uh, online or, or and physical too, to see if we can get our products into their stores and, and for their customers to, to be able to buy it. We, we think for the North American market, it's well, the USA market, because we have stores in Canada, which which operates uh, uh, quite well, particularly in, in, in Quebec. But in the USA, we feel it's a better better way to tackle it. Why is a, a continent is bigger than Europe? It's 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 weird for us Europeans to to consider the USA as a country when California itself is is larger than most European countries. So it's a bit it's difficult to simulate. But yeah, no, the uh, that that's the way we're going. That's the model we're doing. So I think for consumers who want to buy these amazing bikes. The XC900 or the 900S, I think it's, it's important that they, they, they can do that, but it, it won't be in a decathlon store. You're right. It'll be with other retail partners who specialize in that segment to attract that certain level of rider or through our website. And that's right. how they'll be available in, in the, uh, uh, in the States over the coming years. And that's the way that we want to go in the States. Yeah. I think that's smart because it gives people a place to go and touch and feel the bike, you know, maybe even demo it but also somewhere to go if they have problems you know or they have to warranty something right if you just sell online that's the risk we we're not comfortable just doing online particularly with such a high level product where there's a real personalized service that you've got to give these guys got real they're really demanding and rightly so they want a great product that works well all the time and i think if you just rely on the business on the online only model it can pigeonhole you a little bit as so we want to find the right retail partners to, you know, maybe you know, get a great a, a store that really specializes in cross-country mountain bike racing. And we work directly with them and we'll supply them directly and we'll make sure everyone gets their, their, their fair share of the cake and we can all live happily together and they can work with us to develop the brand in, in the right place where people are riding hard every day. That's where we need to be. We're, 
we can be in the middle of the big cities and the states, but we want to be where people ride. Right. So will will we start seeing rock riders show up at like Sea Otter or Sedona Mountain Bike Fest or uh, some of the other big mountain bike events in the U.S.? You know, like consumer events. Yeah, we was we were over at the Sea Otter a few weeks ago. We we were there to to have a look around and see what guys were doing and how they market their products and how they really tune into the USA market. And it was a big moment for us because we had a bit of a light bulb moment that we if we want to be serious, we've got to be a uh, we have to be present. Uh, in these big shows, the big events, the big competitions, and start to really plant some good seeds to show that we're not just selling a, a, a bike which we bought from a, a third party. Yeah, just out of a catalog. <laughs> yeah, no, we none of our bikes. They're all designed by Pierre and Joseph, so they're just speaking to the guys who designed and designed the bikes. So these are unique products to us. So the good thing is, if we can work with these uh, specialist retailers, they'd be selling a bike which no one can get anywhere else. You can't buy that frame in any other place other than that decathlon or where they preferred partners so this, this, this these shows like sea otter are huge hugely important to us and so we need to be serious for the usa market and we need to be there next year or the year after and and, and start making a name for ourselves and hopefully with the aid of the team we can start doing that we would want to get some products and testing in some review sites and some journalists to give them a go get them get their legs over the frames and get riding hard in these in the states and see how they they fare up to the um to the north american and usa riding conditions really Right. Yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm intrigued. I'd love to ride the full suspension, but I, I think you're right that getting it in front of people with a hands-on, like events like Outer Bike and Sedona and stuff are really great way to like let people actually try it. You know, just speaking from my own experience, years and years and years ago before Bike Rumor, like all of the bikes that I bought for like a 10-year period was something that I could actually go somewhere and demo and try it because I was just too afraid to spend, you know, back then, like, $2,000 was an insane amount of money for a mountain bike. And I was like, I'm not going to spend this unless I can, you know, actually feel it. So cool. Yeah, I guess that was all the questions I had. And I appreciate the insights into the brand and the the business model behind it. Is there anything else that I'm not asking that is a common question people ask about Rock Rider that is you'd like to share? Maybe an, an, an uncommon question would be to, you asked a bit in the beginning why, why we were doing this. We, we do have an ambition with the with the Rock Rider team to, we want to see our bikes in the Olympics in Paris. And we, if we can go to LA and race our bikes there as well with some, for the, uh, that'd be, that'd be great. And as you seen today, the team is, is mainly made up of French riders with a, with a Belgian rider as well in, in there. And the aim is to open up this team to not just have it as a Franco-Belge team, but to make it a UCI world team. And that's, if we can get the track great riders who want to come and ride with us, riding our products and, and winning. I think that'd be great. And if we can go to the Olympics and if we can win a medal at the Olympics, that's really something we want to, we want to aim for as, as a team. And we'll do everything we can to get there, find the right riders, give them the right bike, uh, listening to the riders on a weekly basis, daily, and, and just giving them what they need to perform at the highest level. And uh, that's one of our targets for the next six years. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And uh, yeah, it's lovely having you on the show. Keep me in mind when you have a demo model of that new carbon how, how tall are you tyler we need to know how what size to send you i'm going to tell you in feet and inches and then you'll have to get a calculator out <laughs> six two so oh okay i, I I'm, I'm british we can uh, we, we, we can work together then it's fine we can convert to centimeter we'll send you one in the post perfect thank you thank you data thank you data thanks tyler great speaking to you thanks for tuning in If you like this interview and you want more great chats with the people behind the brands and products that we ride every day, hit that subscribe button. And if you have a second, leave us a rating or review. 
That helps us reach more riders around the world and continue to attract top guests. For a list of all of our episodes or to suggest a guest for a future episode, head over to bikerumor.com slash podcast. In the meantime, you can catch all the latest news on bikerumor.com or follow us on social. We are at bikerumor on all the things. Until next time, stay safe out there and keep the rubber side down. Thank you.